um, which people don't believe me until they do it. <laughs> Daniel, what's up, buddy? Hey, how are you? Doing good. Um, yeah, that's good. Yeah, um, loving it. I just yeah, get a chance to hear some of this before I get into work. Um, yeah, I just like the um, when we were talking about the angels, how obviously they, you know, how that the whole message of salvation, that the validation's going on here, is that you used angels to to bring it in through the law. And then when you see that verse there, it was an angel subjected the world to come. It's almost like showing again, <clears throat> and then it talks about why should men, you know, be so mindful of him, son of man, that you care for him. It's like it's back to the original plan in Genesis where man was like God chose just because he's chosen us to be his image bearers to have dominion yeah. over the earth, right? It's it's just restoring that and even showing how the angels were messengers, right, even to be subjected to to man's rule, right, in sense. So piece there i i really love that you know because it's a it's a it's a confirmation of of the kingdom god's kingdom and his plan for man to be it's us as children of god like the whole series is talking about as well understanding our identity right and and the role that he's restoring through jesus it's it's just awesome when you look at that and seeing how great salvation is yeah yeah man are you sure you got to go to work you sure you can't just stick around and Oh mate, I you know how it's so frustrating. Like, um, <laughs> love to, I'd love to participate so much more because it's so fruitful and um, all this. It's just the time for and, and uh, it, I'd love to, mate. I wish I could. Dang <laughs> it! I'll be, well, yeah, I'd love to be here, man, for longer. But um, yeah, I just need to change my time frame. I need to fly to another country. There you go. But I'm, easy. <laughs> I know. Let my boss put it on the speaker at work, mate, so we can um, we can all learn. There you go. Well, Daniel, yeah. it's good to hear as much as you're able to be here. Yeah, no, thank sure. you, thank you. Yeah, no, there's you, before but... that is uh, some good insight. What Daniel just did is he related the concept of God uh, originally subjecting the world to humanity in Genesis, right? It was always. Uh, that God appointed humanity, the last of his creation chronologically, right? He appointed human beings made from the dust to rule and cultivate and govern and have authority. That's crazy. And so what you have, actually, weirdly enough, in Genesis is a, a spiritual being saying, not cool. I want to usurp that authority and rob them of you know what they have and, and dominate them. And, and, and I think what's happening in Hebrews here is that... Um, power grab from a spiritual being uh, is actually being somewhat hinted at in the sense that the coming world is going to be handed right back to humanity. Not that we can fumble the ball anymore because it's Jesus, the ultimate human, who's going to be perfectly representing us and ruling and we govern uh, in him and, and reign with him as our he's our representative. So um, this perfectly touches on how Jesus is better than angels, how the world that's coming is uh, going to be subjected to uh, Jesus ultimately as, as the king, and then we reign with him. So it's it's this restoration of the kingdom, uh, the way things were supposed to be, and even better than what they were in the garden uh, from what I've gathered. So Ken, Papa Ken, go ahead. Whoop, whoop. What is man? that you are mindful of him. It's great that you take it back to Genesis, the, the origination of it all. 
But for some reason, I'm taken just a second ago to 2 Corinthians 12.9. It is within the weakness we truly see the strength. Almost, we kind of think about, would Christ have came incarnate to be man otherwise if there was no weakness? Would there have been such grand hope to come otherwise? We'll never know, but it happened. And since it happened, it's within God's plan that we were meant to know what weakness was. Because as we see in, in beings that were made prior, that there's the possibility that they just could never comprehend what weakness was. This is why they made such foolish decisions to let go of everything and be destroyed for selfish reasons. And so, who are we? Well, we are made in his image. God is love. He made us so that he could love us. Just purely because he is God and God alone, he chose to do something. And not just love us, but make us a part of him. The body of Christ. Co-heirs. Brothers and sisters. And adoption. Would he have came otherwise without having us to love? It's so beautiful because everything is about the father finding a bride for his son. And we become a part of that process. So I, I guess when we look at this, that when we truly think about the circumstances in our life, that we still have eternity to look forward to. Because God loved us so much that he allowed us to see what weakness was because when eternity does come, we will forever have that appreciation of understanding what is to come, to never fall short, hopefully, right, into what the angels did, that a third of them decided because they've always been a part of perfection that they made such foolish decisions. What comes to mind for me, Ken, is uh, how there are spiritual beings who have overstepped their authority and where God stationed them, and they wanted to go farther than God allowed them to, and boom, they're locked in gloomy darkness and chains until the judgment. And, um, you know, maybe within this, we have a, a hinting at the whole spiritual rebellion and how Jesus actually doesn't come to... Because this is the question. Why didn't Jesus, can angels be saved? Well, Jesus, there's no sacrifice for, for spiritual beings. There's a sacrifice for humanity because he became man. Um, so I don't believe there's like this salvation for uh, spiritual beings. There's salvation for image bearers of God who were deceived in the garden. That's what he chose to do. So therefore, part of this this argument that Jesus is better than angels and includes this this psalm chapter 8 quotation which if you read it in context psalm 8 it's david going off like what ken was saying it's david saying man wow this word man here is not gender you know specific it's it's humanity it's adam 
um, in Hebrew, you know, it's the intention is that humanity is who God is mindful of, right? And why do you care for us? We're so small and insignificant and you can do anything you want. And yet, God, here you are caring for us. In verse 7, you made him for a little while lower than the angels. That is easily the most important statement to this whole little section right here. Um, that for a little while, humanity is lower than the angels. And you got you and I go, what in the world does that mean? That we're just for a little while lower than the angels? Uh, you've crowned him with glory and honor, putting everything in subjection under his feet. You know, this is the original intent of humanity, is that they would rule. They would have that honor of having the, the world, you know, under their authority, but they're under God's authority. And, you know, but verse 8, the end of it, it says, Now in putting everything in subjection to him, he left nothing outside his control. And at present, we don't yet see everything in subjection to him. And in verse 9, he'll go on to say the him is actually Jesus. He takes this this quotation from Psalm 8, which is absolutely about humanity, mankind. And it is ultimately talking about Jesus, the, the perfect human, uh, the ultimate human, the one who represents all of us. Um, Psalm 8 becomes a uh, more of a statement about Christ, who is our head. And then humanity follows in his footsteps through you know, faith. Um, and yeah, like Andrea brought up, she said, I thought I was talking about Jesus. Uh, Psalm 8 is talking about humanity. Um, and here in Hebrews, it, it is the same. But what the author is about to do is is reading it in hindsight through the lens of, of Jesus' life, death, and resurrection. This is not, it's not that it isn't true about humanity. It's that it is most true about Jesus, who is the ultimate and perfect human, which is what, which is why it's true of humanity, now that we can actually have this. Uh, this isn't just something that was true in Genesis. It's something that is able to stay true because Jesus came to bring us back. Um, so it's not like a distant past thought. Remember the good old days? It's like actually Jesus not only restores us back to that, you know, station, but He brings us into something better. And so, that's awesome. Any thoughts, questions? Um, jump on the mic, y'all. In order, of course. Don't get all crazy on me. So six, seven, and eight. Powerful. Go read Psalm 8 tonight when you guys get a chance. Christian. Yeah, I just, as you were just depicting that, like I just... I was just picturing just this this ultimate plan that God has had um, for us as his children. But but for him, it's like he had known these things. You know, he had known every way that this was going to turn out. Um, and it's just like in our finite minds, you know, we can only imagine, um, you know, this love that he's that he's shown us through this plan, through the sacrifice of his son. And I mean, even all the way down to I'm thinking like, I'm glad I'm not an angel. Like, I'm glad to be a child of God and to be in dominion. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know who, how somebody got to be a part of this part of the plan or that part of the plan. But it just blows my mind. Like he, his, his supremacy and just his sovereignty in this whole deal and this whole situation that, that we're all a part of. 
it's just it's so it's so powerful man it's so beautiful um to just to just sit and meditate and think about you know these things and, and talk about this stuff and that's exactly why we do what we do i was just thinking about that as you guys were someone was talking earlier i forget who but um you know my mind started wandering to wow some people would think this is useless conversation that ends up doing nothing for our lives but the deeper the understanding goes your lifestyle begins to change naturally in you know around that newfound understanding it's like the lifestyle will always follow the depth of understanding if you want to change your life you have to change how you see and understand who god is so so these conversations while they might seem like oh these are just scholarly theology. no this is just like us looking at the word of god trying to make sense of what he says so we can live correctly because you know with understanding comes right living and you know back to andrea's question about isn't this about jesus when you read verse six it is still true that we can look up to god and say wow like you're mindful of us you care about us you made us temporarily lower than the angels and you put everything under our feet and even though we fumbled the ball in the garden you bring us back to so it's not just like hey god loves us so much look at what he did in genesis it's god loves us so much look at what you what he does in christ um to bring us back to um that place and even beyond you know so so now this passage about like while wow, you're mindful of us becomes you sent your one and only son. That's how mindful you are. That's how much you care for us is that you didn't hold yourself back. You came and laid down your life um, so that we could live. And that's ultimately uh, where we see the love of God in this and the value of um, his grace and mercy and stuff. Amen. Just to add, just to, add to that, like, like how great that salvation is when you, when we're talking about the supremacy and of God, how great I think the other guy was, sorry, forgot your name, was talking about. You think about that and then it's when, you, when we do get it back to, you know, relate that passage from David to the Psalms talking about back to Jesus, how for a little while he made himself lower than the angels. So he's, he was from the beginning always God. And he, this is that how great that salvation is that we shouldn't neglect it, that he came down into our mess and lowered himself into this to actually redeem us back to him just to, to sort of deepen in the thoughts of what you were saying, Jason, there's just like, how good is it? How great is it? Right. That, and then, you know, this whole that's been testified and, and delivered and proven by God and validated that if we give this up, that, you know, like God actually chose from the beginning for us to be his image bearers and to have dominion over the earth. And he, so his plan will be done regardless of what the, the angels or the devil's done to tamp man he's restoring that and it will be done on this earth and his his choice to have us as image bearers and to be filled with him to live in to live in us and, and co co i guess partner in the management of everything to come this is how great it is you know and it's so amazing that god chose you know why and then man when you relate it back to humans why should what what is it about us that you should be mindful well because god chose it and he loves us and creators and he, and the how robbed i guess it's just this is the joy i think sometimes or i think about when i'm in the right frame of mind is how good is it that you know we get to fast track god that salvation fast tracks us back to the beginning that if if adam didn't fall to the temptation like how all the things that are good versus it would have been revealed in relationship with god it would have would instead we we separated and we chose to try to do that but over time if adam if they have had and not have done that, they would have come into a relationship with God, would have 
been made into new creation and like with God dwelling in the spirit with us, picking the tree of life. And then we would have had all things revealed the right way and not doubted and just trusted him. The good father would have revealed all that. We're going to be brought, ushered back into that, that relationship of knowing everything and no confusion, no everything that we painfully suffer through this life now is going to be gone because we are in right relationship with God. And that's why when you're talking before, the angels don't have a salvation. Um, this is because like Jesus came and subjected himself, even unto, you know, was made lower than the angels so that the restoration of his plan from the beginning would, would happen where we're in, in that, in that um, relationship and revelation of, of all things that are good um, that only can be revealed by a relationship with the Father. There's too much beauty in that for me to comment on. I don't even know what statement to follow. But as you just, I I don't know, I got a sense of a a greater appreciation and value for for what he has done. Because if you read verse 8, the word subjection based on, depending on your translation, the word subjection is used three times just in that one verse. Which brings us back to verse 5 where this concept is introduced of subjection the the world to come is what he's talking about that new creation is not going to be governed and ruled by angels and so you have this reversal taking place you have in genesis the serpent the spiritual rebel who actually tries to rise above humanity and humanity tries to rise above god and uh, ironically ends up coming underneath the serpent they're subjected to the serpent so what god does with that is verse 8 the son actually comes down and subjects himself to our very prison cell, you know, subjects himself. The Galatians talks about how he was born under the law, born of woman, born as one of us at just the right time. He comes into our prison cell and subjects himself to all that was over us in order to break us out and conquer it in our place. And so now you have this reversal where the the power grab has has been flipped. It's not us grabbing for power it's not uh, the you know the spiritual beings grabbing for what god gave to us it's it's jesus giving up everything that he had in glory to come down and to give us what we could never have on our own by subjecting himself by subjecting himself and through that there's victory through that he wins that's that's the conquering and then it brings us back to new creation where you know the new heavens and the new earth are going to be subjected to not the angels, but specifically Jesus as ultimate king, and then those who follow in his footsteps and trust in his rule. And so the, the new creation is subjected to uh, new humanity, those who are born again in Jesus. Um, it, there's just all these different images kind of colliding in just the, um, the verse 8. And then it says, look, in putting everything in subjection to him, being Jesus, referring to new creation, he left nothing outside of his control. Just the, the sovereign control of our king to work all things together for good, to work every single micro detail of our, of our universe into his grand plan, everything. And then it says, at present, we don't yet see everything in subjection to him, right? But we do see him who for a little while was made lower than the angels, which again notes the subjection, the intentional you know, humility and laying down of one's life and coming under 
this is what Jesus does. He humbles himself. He condescends. Um, and so it's like, you know, the common atheist argument is if your God's in control, it doesn't look like it. We know what's true, even though reality or the world hasn't caught up to it. You know what I mean? It's almost like uh, it's the already and the not yet. This is true. He has complete control. He's sovereign. He's over it all. Though the world doesn't match up with that, it eventually will. And that's what's called new creation, is where we actually see with our very eyes and experience with our bodies a world that is completely um, the way that God wants it to be. But it's connected to Jesus being made lower than the angels. So it's like, I know you don't see that world yet, but you know, you do see him. <laughs> you do see him, and it's like, ah, I don't know if that's encouraging. I don't know if that's comforting. And the author's like, it is. Because look, Jesus in verse 9 is crowned with glory and honor because of the suffering of death. So you have a bunch of different ways that the author is talking about subjection, being lower than the angels, the, the world being subjected to him, suffering through death. And then by the grace of God, he tastes death for everyone. So there's something about like, this is exactly what Hebrews 11 is going to touch on, or 12. It's going to say, look to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, right? Um, but for now, he's saying, yeah, don't look at the world around you. Look at him who died, who suffered, who is crowned with glory and honor, and who tasted your death and took it upon himself. That, that's where your focus should be, is on what he's done and what he's going to do, not what the world currently looks like, because it does suck at times, and you got to deal with that. But what's more true and what's going to last beyond that is what Jesus has done and what he promised. And then this relates to the main point of what? Jesus is greater than all things, including spiritual beings that want to, and including the rebels that want to, you know, stand above uh, all that God has made and even rise above God. They can't. Jesus comes down in order to bring us up to the station we fell from. And again, I think Jesus actually brings us to a higher station. He's brought us to the, if, if, if you think of like human existence as like this mountain, he's brought us to the highest point, the highest point of existence possible. He's brought us there. And so don't look at the world around you. Look at what's coming and look at what he's done. And that death that he's gone through, the suffering, it gives us comfort and hope in the midst of a world that doesn't look like it's sovereignly ruled, right? But he is in control. And eventually the world's going to catch up and you're going to see it. That's encouraging. Um, Amen. It's encouraging to just keep that in mind as you, as you struggle and fight. Um, any thoughts, questions just about verse, I don't know, six through t six through nine. And then we'll probably end at verse nine tonight. Love to hear you guys' thoughts. Comments, what you recognize, maybe questions. Recognize in terms of what, may I ask? Ooh, we're in Hebrews chapter 2, Blitz. You got a Bible? Hebrews chapter 2, let me go to it right now. Yeah. Uh, I was talking about the topic you were referring to in question. Yeah, it, go ahead and do me a favor, read Hebrews 2, 6, 7, 8, and 9. And if anything stands out to you, I'd love to hear your thoughts. But you need sure thing. you need an open Bible. So get that uh, Bible open and I'd love to hear your thoughts. Um, 
Christian says he has a prayer request. Please. That's related. Absolutely. Yeah, I just, um, a really close friend of mine, Hannah, she's been dealing with just a, just a sickness, just a, a regular, you know, I mean, nothing, nothing crazy or COVID or anything, but just she's dealing with the sickness. It's been getting worse over day, uh, over the past few days. Um, she's not, she's not a believer. Um, so I just, I w- was just wanting to just see if we can all come in an agreement for some healing for her. Um, I, I should have prayed with her, uh, yesterday, even over the phone, but it's that, you know, that relationship you have with non-believers where you're just like, you don't want to like make it odd or weird for them. Um, I really should have though, but I just, I want to just cut through all that and just, you know, get with the the body of Christ. And just, if you guys would just agree with me, we could just pray for her sickness. She's got like a three month old baby um, right now she's carrying. And so I just feel like that, that as the word says, you know, that everything is under Jesus's feet, um, even sicknesses and infirmities. So I just want to pray against that. Mm-hmm, please. So father God, I just want to thank you right now so much. Um, for the strength that you give us as your children um, to intercede for others, um, to uh, to come and to uh, battle against the enemy and the things that he tries to do into our lives of our families and our children and our friends, Lord. Um, Father God, I just lift up uh, our sister Hannah, Father God, to you. Um, you have created her in, in such a special way and blessed her as a mother, um, Father God. And, and I just pray that this moment in her healing, Lord, um, that she could she could have uh, she could have understanding in who you are, and she can she can feel your love and your power, Father God, um, during this time of need that she has, Lord. Your word says to cast your cares upon you, for you care for us, Lord. So I, I just know right now is just with my brothers and my sisters in agreement, Father God, that you can touch her um, by your stripes alone, Jesus. So the death that we are speaking of that you took uh, upon yourself, our death that you took upon yourself, Lord. We are healed by the by that power, and by, we are healed by that blood. And so I just claim that right now for Hannah. I just claim healing, Lord, for her and her baby, Lord God, so that you may be glorified, so that your power may be shown here, for so that so that Jesus may be 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 lifted up and exalted here for all the things that that he is that he's done in our lives and the things that he's doing. Um, today and tonight in Jesus name. Amen. 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 Um. All right, Gunner White, how you doing, bro? Probably end with Gunner, depending on who else has questions, but go ahead. You still here, Gunner? Gunner White, can you hear me? Or were you just saying hi? I just saw your hand up, so you might have just been saying hi. While my dog goes to town on her dinner. Sweet. Perfect timing, dog. Oh, Gunner might have left to come back. There he is. Gunner White, can you hear me? Oh, just fell out again. I'm believing. Technical difficulties. See if he comes back. Give him a sec, y'all. In the meantime, Mr. Jamester, Cheese Man, 5 million. Go ahead. 
Hello. Can you hear me? Yes, cheese man. <laughs> okay, I wasn't sure if anybody could hear me. Hi. I uh, pretty much got my question answered because I was trying to figure out what verse 5 meant. And it seemed like, like you kind of answered it. Because I was like, what does it mean that angels aren't subject? That, or it was not angels that God subjected the world to come. Like, I was kind of confused on what that meant in, in, entirely. Like, but like, I guess maybe some people thought like angels rule over the earth or something. Or how did that play out? <laughs> well, to summarize, Cheese Man, we were saying that the new world that's coming. Uh, here in Hebrews 2 is being paralleled to the original earth in Genesis, the original world. So what we ah. have in Genesis is God made image bearers of, of him, humans, to rule the earth. And in the new creation, it will be the same. It will not be angels, spiritual beings ruling and governing. Uh, ultimately, actually, Paul says we will judge angels, whatever the heck that means. So, you know, he's not... Uh, trying to give you bragging rights he's trying to make you see jesus as absolutely incredible for letting us be a part of new creation and then ruling with him instead of angel right so the world that's coming it's not uh under the authority of angels angelic beings but the people of god crazy thought i know that makes way more sense i don't i think i try to overcomplicate it in my head no it's <laughs> The English is, is like confusing, subjective. Yeah, I think. Yeah, it was the phrasing. I was like, what does that mean? <laughs> I'm glad you asked, though. See, that shows humility. Yeah, yeah well, thank you. I love it. Also, I uh, wanted to say, I don't, I don't know why this comes to my mind, but like, like Jesus being tempted just really comes to my mind, you know? Because like, back in Genesis, you know, the serpent tempts Eve and, you know, they ended up eating the fruit and it seems like that pattern kept over, kept happening over and over. And Jesus, like, withstood that and he stood his ground and, you know, he, just, he defeated the enemy there. I don't know, just something that came to my mind. <laughs> you mean we like, like that idea of Jesus resisting sin perfectly is related yes. to him being... Uh, uh, worthy of ruling as ultimate king. Yes. If you, if you go down to verse eight, read verse 18, just to skip ahead. If you, if you have your Bible open, Hebrews two eighteen, just a few verses two, down. Uh, two eighteen. Cause the thought for, that that's your the, head, last verse. <laughs> the last for verse, because, yeah, for because he himself has suffered when tempted, he is able to help those who are being tempted. Oh wow, that's Jeez, man. That puts you're, it in a whole new perspective. You're right on the money. You nailed it. <laughs> that's cool. I wasn't even like thinking that. Like, like, yeah, that's cool. Hey, see, you're not crazy. That's a you made a perfect connection to where we'll hopefully end next week. We might finish the chapter, but for tonight, that's a great place to end. Think about how the suffering of his death, the crowning of his glory, and him being the ultimate human that rules as king, how that all relates to the fact that he didn't give in to um, really the serpent's temptation like humanity did in Genesis. So great job, James.
Does someone want to pray for us as we close? I'm looking at you, cheese man. But you don't have to. You're just the last person to talk. So you know, it, may- I, it makes sense. <laughs> you know, um, well, I guess just a quick prayer request. Uh, I've already put it in the chat way earlier today, and they prayed for me. But we had to put our dog down today, so. Uh, uh, yeah, my wife's my wife is really torn up about it. She's mm-hmm. she's an emotional wreck. <laughs> I, I'm not trying to laugh at that. I'm just, you know more like an awkward laugh. But yeah, she's just it's understandable. Yeah. I actually yeah, had no. two. I had two dogs. I had to put down one ear after another, but they lived a good fourteen year long life. So yeah, eight. he was he was fourteen. Uh, maybe maybe he was fifteen. I'm not sure if his birthday had passed, but yeah. Uh, That's a good, it's just a bummer, man. Yeah, it's just like, she's she's just had a lot of loss in her life, you know? Yeah. Like, she's lost she's lost her mom, she's lost her other dog, she's lost, you know, just, it just seems like she can't catch a break, you know, of losing uh, loved ones, even animals, you know, so. Yeah. She's just, just torn up, you know? So, yeah, I guess I guess just my prayer request is just to keep her and my family in your prayers. Yeah, but I'll also pray. I'll also pray us out if people want yeah. me to. Well, <laughs> you know what? I want to pray for your wife, and I also want to pray for Blitz, um, and you. So I'm happy to close this out. Let me go ahead and pray cool. for for you guys. God, I know that you hear our prayers. I know that you answer according to your will. And I'm asking, Lord, that for James and his wife, you would comfort her especially. Would you please just encourage her? Please let this moment in time be a way in which you really reach out and can get more of, a, of her attention, Father. Please use this time to open her eyes and, and draw her closer to you instead of farther. Father, I ask that you would, again, just... Um, let the promises of your word and the truth of the gospel be her comfort in this. And I pray for um, Blitz and what he's going through. Um, he really desires to have a heart for you. And that is a such an admirable request and desire, Lord. You are so willing to answer. You gave him that desire. Apart from you, he wouldn't have that. That's a part of his new nature and new heart to want the things of God. So, Father, please answer his cry. Please help him to have the discipline and the self-control to to do whatever it is that um, aligns with that desire, Lord. And I pray for James, just that you would, man, speak through him, Lord. Speak through him to his wife. Give him the words and the wisdom and, and the patience and the compassion and the understanding. And even though it's easy to go, it's just an animal. God, I pray that he would have such um, an understanding heart to grieve with those who grieve and to have sorrow with those who have sorrow and use this moment in time, Father, for their marriage, for their relationship. Um, I pray that she would not be isolated through this or find herself in some kind of depression or, or rut. God, I ask that you would spare her from that, please. And um, I thank you that you are good that you answer the prayers of your people. Thank you for this time, Lord. In Jesus' name, we ask this. Amen.
Amen. Amen, guys. Well, next week, I'm putting a note, if I use this Bible, because sometimes I use a different Bible, that we are on Hebrews 2, verse 10. Continue here. All right. Sweet. Well, I'll see you guys next Thursday night. Not with my eyes, but I'll see you guys on my phone. And uh, Hebrews 2.10 is where we're picking it up next Thursday. You guys have a good night or, or day or wherever it is that you are in the world. And um, I'll see you guys next Thursday. Bye, y'all.